Blog Talk Radio.
Father, we praise you, Lord. Thank you, Father, for being so merciful. Thank you, Father, for waiting for so many millions of people to wake up across the world and for us to actually be witnesses of it and to be able to glorify your name, Father, because we know it's not just angels coming into people's dreams and missionaries that are touching people's lives, but we know that there are so many more things that are happening right now in the end times dynamics that are awakening people to how deep we are into the end times. Uh, that uh, it's just a fantastic blessing to be, you know, to bump into lo- people mowing lawns, uh, contractors, plumbers. People are just awake and aware, like at a, at a level that I've never seen before. It is a blessing, and all of us bless you, Father. We just praise your name for being so incredibly, uh, your loving kindness and your unbelievable patience and mercy is beyond our comprehension. We have no idea what it means till the fullness of the Gentiles comes in. We don't know what those numbers are. We can't even begin to venture a guess. But we do praise you, Father, because we see these dynamics occurring. We see members of our family asking questions. We see uh, people that we're running across in our workplace, on Zoom meetings, whatever the you know where whatever our exposures are. Uh, that are awake to the things that are happening across the world. They're you know even if they're, they haven't connected it quite back to you yet. They are very receptive to that concept when we bring up the fact that that what is happening across the world is highly biblical, and it allows us to be able to touch people's lives by just saying a few words, and that is just such a blessing, Father, and you are just so awesome to allow people the opportunity to awaken in accordance with the events that are happening around the world that are so obvious to so many. Not everybody's awakened, Father, but a lot of them are, and we just praise you for the ever-increasing numbers that we see that will be in a very good place. They may not make the barley harvest. They may not even make the wheat harvest. But, Father, they're going to know that 
they're not going they, that they shouldn't be taking the mark of the beast and we just praise you for that uh we pray father in the name of jesus that more and more of the listeners of this radio show will awaken uh and draw in closer to you in their prayer draw in closer to you in their serving you father through their prayer and praying for the the lost and the and the hurting and the downtrodden the dejected across the world and using the power that has been given to us through the name of the lord jesus christ as we all are commanded and admonished to through your scripture which is the word which is our lord jesus hallelujah and we thank you father for everything that has been a part of our lives up until this point into the days ahead and we praise you for anointing us for for those days ahead because they are going to be ever increasingly more challenging and we know this and we just we know we're not prepared and we know that it'll be through your grace that we make it <clears throat> in accordance with your holy will and now to him our lord jesus who is able to keep us from stumbling and present us faultless someday before the presence of your glory with exceeding joy and to you father god our savior who alone is wise be glory majesty dominion and power both now and hallelujah forever amen God, thank you, Jesus. You know, I'm a bonehead. Today, I just had a boneheaded kind of a day, and I'm I'm feeling boneheadish, and uh, I I don't feel like I can uh, you know go more than five feet without making a mistake, and uh, and so uh, an official apology is due to our guest tonight, who has uh, his name is Randall Rathbun. 
Okay, not Rathburn. And so not only did I dork up the spelling Randall with the double L, uh, but I also goofed up and was thinking it was Rathburn. But that's that's my bad. I should have waited until 9 o'clock, 10 o'clock when I was a little bit more awake to be, uh, you know, setting up the Sunday morning show. But I got up, uh, I don't even know why, but I got up extra early this morning, um, which um, I usually get up pretty early, praise God. Uh, but uh, in this particular case, I had... Um, says the music just dropped a few times now all is okay again okay so i'm getting uh feedback from sister vera up in ontario uh where um uh frank's internet uh is having some issues no i'm just kidding praise jesus uh checking my thing here i'm not getting the email that i usually get from justin you've been spoiling me justin uh and, and anyway so i'll just assume that i'm on the air and all is well uh praise god but yeah i just double dorked i've never double dorked before i've dorked many see here's the problem the prompt the challenge i'll call it a challenge not really a problem if if i wake up like extra early in the morning and i'm sitting there you know uh maybe i'm just you know praising god which i do i'll just close my eyes and i'll be like thank you lord and i'll just focus in on him um you know sometimes before my prayer sometimes before and after uh it just depends on any given morning um the weekends are usually a little bit different than the weekdays i'm more regimented during the weekdays typically um but anyway um uh so this morning i get up really early four o'clock a.m which is uh not eight that is not typical of my normal you know Sunday morning wake up time and um and and there I was sitting you know kind of rubbing my eyes and half out of it and I thought to myself you know I checked to make sure that you know the world hadn't blown up <laughs> you know because of all the stuff going on right now and made sure that you know things were ticking and talking and um and uh, then I was like oh you know instead of waiting till nine or ten or whatever to go ahead and send out or whatever you know waiting a little while um, I'm just going to go ahead and pull the the I have this little older older laptop top that that I shove underneath uh, the dresser on a on a little it's whatever it, it's just an easy way to uh, hide it and keep it out of the way so the dogs don't step on it and stuff and so I pull it out and I'm like and you know still rubbing my eyes <clears throat> and I looked at the email and I'm like oh okay, um, you know, Randall Rathbird. You know, so I just go ahead and I do up the whole show. I write up the whole thing. But the problem is this. If you get one teeny-weeny letter wrong or an extra space, it doesn't matter. If there is a single character in the title of the program that is off, okay, um, it, it, and, and it, it, again, it can be a space. It can, maybe you double space something, and you're like, oh, that looks stupid. Oh, man, do I change it? Do I keep it? Because the problem is every single time you change even a space in the title of the show, guess what? You got to send out a whole nother email, uh, uh, Ogram, a whole marketing uh, campaign because the link is no longer good. So there are bunches and bunches and bunches of people that are very dependent upon the email marketing campaigns, and they click on those links. And if those links don't work, I get I get slammed with you know, hey, um, I can't get this such and such a show. And and by the way, it trickles over to all the podcast apps, you know, whether it's Beyond Pod, iTunes, doesn't matter, you name it. 
it it has a ripple effect across the internet that just and so then I and, and oh and by the way a lot of people of course you know for because we're all busy and we got our lives that we got to deal with and our kids and there are things that we got to do and who knows what all with the craziness going on in the world now but um you know and so a lot of folks they will listen sometimes they'll listen three days later four days later whatever the case is you know whenever they can get around to it later because they're busy you know they're you know they're dealing with life okay and uh, and so i i spent more and more time over the years mentioning you know the fact that you can listen to the programs on on you know podcast shows or podcast uh applications now i'm not saying it works on every single one because some of them are they they are um uh you know by invitation only or you have to fill out forms in order to become part of their little click. Um, but other ones are just general purpose podcasting apps and the general purpose podcasting apps all for the most part carry tribulation now. So, um, uh, but here's the problem. One letter's wrong. Guess what? That trickles, it ripples across all the podcast apps. So now you got a problem with iTunes, you got a problem with Beyond Pond, you got a problem with this, you got a problem with that. And so what happens is <laughs> then, <clears throat> so if I hurry up and I fix it right away, and, and four, five, six, seven, eight hours later is not so good. Not so good. So what happens is a lot of times those who help me with the ministry work, they don't, they're not sensitive. They got their own lives. They got their own problems. They got, they got their own mountains. They got their own refiner's fire going on, just like a lot of us have. And so, so then they'll get around, you know, 12, you know, let's see, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, nine hours later, I'll get an email from one of them and they'll go, oh, you didn't spell uh, brother randall's name right and so, so tonight was a double whammy because i got i got one email that said hey you didn't spell brother randall's name right and i was like oh no so i'm like scrambling and i drop everything and i run over to the computer i pull it out and i'm like okay because it's not a simple operation you don't just go in and change the name and then hit save and hey happy happy joy joy happy happy joy joy happy happy joy joy i fixed the problem no, that is not how it works. It's more like, you know, quadruple buzzer kind of, you know, because what you've got to do is you've got to go back into the thing. You've got to change the letter or the space or whatever it was that was wrong. Then you got to republish it, so you got to hit save. Then you got to go over to GoDaddy, and you got to go into the marketing email thing, and you got to correct it in like eight different places in the marketing email. But, oh, wait, 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 wait. Then you've got to go back to Blog Talk Radio because you've got to get the new link, the new web link, because, of course, you changed the title of the show, so you got a different web link. So you've got to grab the new web link. You've got to move it over into the GoDaddy email campaign, and then you've got to tell everybody new link. So you put the words new link in the title because otherwise they just have Randall Rathbun or what I thought was burn. Uh, you know, um, uh, so I got double whammy. Okay, so 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 it, it 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 starts a chain reaction of multiple electronic events that ripple down like you know cascading dominoes out to the podcast apps. It's just a terrible mess. You go in and you fix it. You send out a new marketing email campaign to everybody. You tell them it's a new link. Of course, only half of the people will even notice the second email. The most of the people will see the first email and they'll go, oh, there it is. And they'll click the link and it doesn't work. And then I get a whole bunch of emails. 
emails and they're going like, your link doesn't work. Your link doesn't work. Your link doesn't work. And I'm like, like, well, could you you double check and see if maybe you have a second email? Oh, yeah, yeah, there is a second email. Thank you, Brother Johnny. And so imagine – now take that and magnify that times however many and then magnify that out times however many people that are listening to podcasts and then magnify that out times how many people are listening to the podcast the next day, two days later, three days later, four days later. So what happens is that error just goes all across the internet. All right. Now, what happens if you double whammy yourself? In 12 years of doing radio shows, I have never double whammied myself until today. So today, poor Randall. And, um, and so what, it, what ended up happening is, you know, I just rubbing my eyes. I, I guess it was probably five o'clock in the morning, if that. <clears throat> and um, anyway, I typed Randall, the more common spelling method, with one L. You know, so then when I got the email nine hours later, I was like, oh, okay, well, I just need to add an L. So I figured, nah, no big deal. So I went through all of the rigmarole and changed this and changed this and went to this site, and then I saved it, and then I updated the email and, and put new link and da 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 and all that stuff, sent it out. And then I get another message. <laughs> I get another message from Sister Nancy, and she's like, oh, you dorked up his last name, too. Now, of course, I find this out after. After I fixed the first problem, okay? So now it's it's not Rathburn, which, by the way, if you open up, and, and you know, and, and Randall, God bless his sweetheart, has the same challenge that I have. If you live, for example, if you live in Pennsylvania and you open up the, the Pennsylvania phone book, which, of course, hardly anybody uses those things. Well, in Pennsylvania, they do because that play, that is a backward state. OK, but anyway, um, you know, they, they still got like those phones in Pennsylvania that go. I'm serious. I'm not joking you. All right. So anyway, um, so um, so so in Pennsylvania, I joke around and I say, and it's true. You open up a, a, a Pennsylvania phone book, a good old, you know, big old thick, you know, like we used to all get at our houses. Uh, I guess they saved a few forests, and now they're not doing it as much as they used to. But anyway, um, the, the, if you look up my last name, my proper last name, um, not my radio show last name, um, then uh, what you will discover is there's hardly any. I mean, there might be like five or six or, you know, maybe of my last name spelling. And I tell people, well, the reason is because all the smart ones took the last two syllables off the back end of the last name and they made it they shortened it up and um uh anyway so um and and it's it's true if you take the first syllable of my last name it fills up like 30 pages of the phone book in pennsylvania it's that's how popular it is well i come to find out that the more that my actual multiple syllable last name which is it, 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 the first syllable is the same but there's several other syllables that are added on is actually the more proper german uh style of spelling the name however i jokingly say tongue in cheek that all the smart ones uh took off the last several syllables to make it easier cuz cuz when I, if i get on the phone with like triple a or something like that i'm like S is in Sam, 
he is an elephant. And then at the end of that long, drawn-out, 11-letter deal, they invariably go, I don't think I got it right. Could you please do that again? And then you're like, oh, my gosh. So, um, But, yeah, whenever I got to call anybody, it's like I got to correct them multiple times because it's just long and painful and just not how people would think it would be spelled. And so so Randall Rathbun uh, is actually in my, you know, I'm, I'm rubbing my eyes. It's 5 o'clock in the morning, so I go with the common spelling of Randall with one L. I, I, I assumed it was Rathburn because that's an exceedingly common name. It's like Smith, okay, and then, but I get that wrong, and I don't find out about that until after I had already corrected the Randall part. And then I'm thinking to myself, okay, am I really going to send out three emails for one show an hour before the show starts? That's the fastest way to confuse massive amounts of people and cause them to miss the show and end up with floods of emails in my inbox. Oh, the the link isn't working. The link isn't working. The link isn't working. The link is is going to 404, not found, this kind of thing. And then, of course, it ripples over to Beyond Pod and this pod and that pod and iTunes and everything else on its own. And I thought, you know what? I'm just going to do a verbal correction on the show, and I actually put a written correction in the actual show title information, but if I change the main title, everything goes to heck in handbasket. All right, praise God. So um, so anyway, what I'll do then, I guess, I uh, just got to be careful because what I don't want to do is cause people to miss the program because I boneheadedly left an R out of uh, Rand- Randall's last name. Okay, so I've got a correction in the actual text of the radio show, uh, and I fixed all the other places in the radio show text. Uh, but if I change that title, oh my goodness, what I mean, I, I let me tell you, I, I lots of challenges when you do it once. I can't even imagine the number of challenges if I do it twice. So I thought to myself, you know, I'm just going to let 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 nature take its course. I'll let the electronics do the electronics thing, and I'll talk about it. And, and so anyway, praise God. It's Randall with two L's, and it's Rath Bun, B-U-N, no R. Okay, so lesson for me. Don't be doing the radio shows. Don't set up the radio shows at like 4:45 a.m. when you're still rubbing your eyes and and you know and not being able to focus on the screen very well. All right, praise God because guess what's going to happen? You're just going to dork it up. And and uh, and I've done many dork ups and I I always ask, you know, Sister Vera or whoever. But you know what? Only Sister Nancy would have known about the spelling of the name. Sister Vera wouldn't have known that because Sister Nancy's the one who helps out with the guests and coordinating them and getting their names right and all that kind of stuff. She does all that stuff. I have to look with my foggy eyes and is in the middle of the morning, I got to look at it and get it right the first time. And I did it. So anyway, praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. So I figured um, I'm just not going to take a chance on losing listeners uh, to this program because it's too important. His testimony is just way, way too important to get all bent out of shape over the letter R. I can fix it later, and it is fixed in the text of the radio show. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. So anyway, uh, that's my official announcement, and by golly, I'm sticking with it. Doggone, those trumpets are loud in these headsets. All right, praise God. So anyway, all right, kids, are you there? Yeah. 
I know. We've been so overwhelmed with headlines and apocalyptic news and everything going crazy around the world. We've, we've missed you guys a couple of times, didn't we, guys? I know. I know. Well, thank you for hanging in there for me. You're a bunch of great Jesus kids. <laughs> Woo! Wow, you guys are pumped up tonight. Kids, why, did, why do chicken coops only have two doors? And I didn't know this. And I raised chickens. Hmm, let me think this one through. I don't know. I don't know. I'll have to do some homework on that. I don't know anything about it. Ours only had one. Uh, why do chicken coops only have two doors? Because if they had four doors, they would be a chicken sedan. Oh, boy. <laughs> chicken sedan. Come on. Kids, what do you think of that one? Oh, you like it? Okay. Well. I can tell you that my chicken coop up in Pennsylvania only had one one door on it <laughs> and a couple of really big, nasty roosters. I used to love it because my nieces, my five nieces would come over and, um, I don't know, we invariably would end up inside the chicken pen, and, you know, just, uh, I don't know, because we're kids. And um, <laughs> the roosters would chase my five nieces around and peck them and peck them and peck them. They're like screaming and, oh, it's just so much fun. All right, right, kids? It's fun to watch. Uh, uh, hey. Hey, hey! You, some of you kids are farm kids, obviously. It's funny when your uh, when your uh, uh, cousins and and such come over and and the, and the roosters chase them around and peck at them, isn't it? Yeah, it is. It's hilarious. All right, kids. What happened to the man who had a brain transplant? What happened to the man who had a brain? No, it's not. Sit down, Spanky. It has nothing to do with Frankenstein. Okay, what happened to the man who had a brain transplant? He changed his mind. <laughs> he changed his mind. You know what I'm saying? Okay. Oh, you guys are in a good mood tonight because I, I thought I was going to lose on that one. All right, kids. Why are robots fearless? Oh, come on. Why are robots fearless? Because they have nerves of steel. <laughs> like I need. Right, kids? Nerves of steel. We all need nerves of steel nowadays. Especially when we hear all the creepy, weird stuff that the WEF and our buddy Klaus is uh, planning for us. Oh, my goodness gracious. And there's so much fuss out there going on. Um, uh, I don't know if you've seen it or not, but there's a lot of fuss. It's fuss. It's, that's all it is. It's noise. Pay it no attention. Glenn Beck is always right when it comes to these sorts of things. Um, and uh, hold on a second. Praise God. Yep. Oh, is this you, Mr. Beck? Nothing happens. Nobody goes to jail. Nobody pays for a thing anymore. That's true. Well, similarly, there's a uh, series of articles that are flying all over the Internet like, um, well, like they do, and um, uh, saying things like, you know, that there's a, a riff of uh, people are upset at the WEF, and there's people that want to dethrone Klaus and, they're, Klaus, and they're trying to make it like it's uh, some kind of a big deal. And, of course, naturally, folks would read into that, and they would think things in their heads like, um, oh, well, the WEF is falling apart, and, then, and their ESG plan is not going to be trick – it won't trickle down upon mankind, and it won't end up on our driver's license, and it won't end up being the mark of the beast, and blah, 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 and we're all going to be here – until the year 3000, <laughs> whatever. Okay, and um, now I have no idea when we're leaving, I'm, but I will say this. 
One thing is for sure, whenever I see people out there saying things like, you know, there's fighting amidst the elites and the band, blah, 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 I just completely block it out. So I just wanted to throw that out there. Um, you know, do I think that any of that holds any water, that there's any merit to it, that it's even believable? Um, you know what? I don't care. I don't care because uh, they don't tend to um, – they're not. Nothing's going to happen. Nothing. You, you, mark my words. Watch. They're, you know, they're, nothing's going to happen. Nobody's going to get dethroned. Uh, look at Kissinger for crying out loud. Kissinger is the forefather of Klaus Schwab. He's like five million years old. I mean, Kiss, I, I, he must have like dinosaurs walking around in his house or something. But anyway, and he's some kind of an entity, anyways. Um, so um, uh, you know, and he's like you know the mentor of Klaus Schwab. Kiss is. So are these entities going anywhere? The answer is no, they're not. All right. Now I'm going to take a look. I don't know how long this video goes, but there is some really good. Uh, I, I marked it as a play on the show video. And quite honestly, I don't really exactly remember why, but I'm going to go ahead and trigger it off uh, and see, because uh, what this was, was um, it started out uh, being a commentary uh, by Scott Ritter on other World War issues, you know, across the world. And I said, wow, this is really, really well done, considering that a lot of us, you know, uh, you can call us watchmen if you want to, or please don't call us watchers, because that's not right. Um, but anyway, um, the people that are watching for Jesus to come and, and want to be on the edge of our seats, and this is exciting stuff, well, guess what? Knowing these things, it, 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 it's important, okay? And so I thought, well, I'm going to go ahead and play a little bit of this. So let me kick this off. Here we go. It's coming up. There we are. Ooh, it's long. It's real long. I won't be able to do the whole thing. It's too long. Weltweit scheinen aktuell zu den alten Krisen immer neue hinzuzukommen. Oh, it's Klaus. Welche Krise, abgesehen vom Ukraine-Konflikt, bereitet Ihnen die größten Sorgen? Globally, the old crises seem to be joined by an increasing number of new ones. Would you agree with this view? Apart from the Ukraine conflict, which crisis are you most concerned about? I would say that we are living in a time of the great geopolitical transformation. Um, and when you have this kind of tectonic plate you know, moving around, uh, there's going to be friction. The friction is going to create uh, points of crises, and uh, it's been ongoing. I, I don't see that, uh, you know, today there's more uh, crises. I just think that um, maybe we're starting to wake up to uh, to their existence and uh, their potential ramifications. Um, I, I think the obvious, uh, you know, choice for the crisis of, of, of most concern is uh, the ongoing uh, U.S.-Chinese crisis over Taiwan. And uh, this also includes the South China Sea, because it brings with the potential of military conflict between two nuclear powers. And um, unlike uh, the, the seeming reticence that uh, the United States has towards uh, directly engaging Russia uh, over the issue of Ukraine, uh, there doesn't seem to be that kind of self-restraint when it comes to uh, China, uh, that the United States is uh, talking about the possibility of direct confrontation with China 
should the Taiwan crisis manifest itself um, militarily. So this this has me very concerned. Um, I'm also very concerned about the situation with North Korea. I don't think the United States, South Korea, or Japan understand just how dangerous the situation is. Uh, North Korea has walked away from its former offer of uh, denuclearization because of the lack of interest shown by the Biden administration um, in in furthering or promoting or pursuing the opportunities that had uh, presented themselves under Donald Trump. Yes, Donald Trump was unable to close the deal, but the deal was still on the table. Uh, Biden just refused to pick it up and move forward. And so North Korea has shut down that possibility, and they are now uh, aggressively incorporating um, you, you, a, an active nuclear deterrence as part of their, part of their defense strategy. Uh, this nuclear deterrence includes the potential for preemptive nuclear strikes should North Korea deem that their uh, existential survival is at risk. And of course, when the United States and South Korea speak of uh, the potential of preemptive attacks designed to decapitate the North Korean leadership as part of any future conflict with North Korea, uh, what we're talking about is um, the um, assurance that any future conflict will become nuclear in nature, and uh, this would mean the destruction of South Korea in its totality, uh, destruction of much of Japan, and the potential destruction of um, you know some American territories and American cities. Uh, if if somebody reflected on this reality, uh, maybe we'd come up with a policy that. Uh, it more mirrored the, the 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 reticence we've shown in Europe towards uh, provoking a conflict with Russia. Uh, North Korea is a nation that, uh, because of its nuclear weapons capability, um, must be shown the same deference that Russia has when it comes to its own national security interests. This doesn't mean that the West should surrender, but the West certainly shouldn't be provoking a conflict that, if it comes into fruition, will inevitably become nuclear. Schauen wir nach Brasilien. Dort stürmten Bolsonaro-Anhänger kürzlich den Nationalkongress, ähnlich dem Sturm auf das Jetzt us 2021. Inwieweit kann man einen Vergleich zwischen beiden Ereignissen ziehen? Let's have a look at Brazil. Bolsonaro's supporters recently rushed the National Congress in a similar way to the attack on the US Capitol in 2021. To what extent can we draw a comparison between the two Except events? Except theirs was real. I think what we're seeing here is the, um, the fact that in a environment that promotes the polarization of uh, a nation's citizenry, um, democracy suffers. Oh, like the U.S. And normally what happens in a democracy, which should happen, is that the, the people um, have faith in the institutions of government, including um, the electoral system Except that the US. allows them to express their will through the power of the vote to put people in office to represent them under the belief that those people could be held accountable uh, to the people through the electoral process. Except here. But when the people lose faith in the electoral process, whether like it's for cause or because of misperceptions, um, then the system starts to fall apart. You don't and think. When you have societies that have become polarized, where uh, 
the, the political differences are so great that uh, the polarized, kind of like civil war polarized, which we already know. The big difference, <clears throat> you know, I think I think is obvious to many of us, but, you know, w- w- worthy of saying uh, is that um, the the uh, the unusual and I don't know what you want to call it. It's definitely weird and unusual. It's not a dynamic that you see in France. It's not a dynamic that you see in, uh, as they're talking about with um, Brazil or whatever, uh, or any other country that I'm aware of. But the, and, and certainly Germany it, it goes to the streets a lot more than we do. And the only time that we go, this country tends to go to the streets. <clears throat> There's a few times that are, you know, legitimate, uh, uh, you know, qu- quiet, peaceful protests. But, you know, over the last year, we've seen all the BLM, Antifa stuff. That's all been total setup stuff paid, you know, millions and millions and millions of dollars from Soros and, G- you know, not NGOs and everything else. So that was a total setup. It, it, January 6th was a total setup. Uh, you know, uh, so really what we're seeing in this country is an awful lot of false flags. Now, what's fascinating, though, is that the... The people that have the most to be concerned about in this country, which makes up the majority of the population, the Republican people and by GOP voters, the Republican voters tend to be highly non-confrontational. Okay, that just it's just their nature. These are your white collar executives for the most part, but not necessarily uh, can also be uh, some, you know, quite a few blue collars as well, uh, depending on, you know, what. But what, what part of the country you're from and everything, you know, and your influences. Um, but, the, but the bottom line, though, is as a general rule, the Republicans in this country are very peaceful. They, they're not the type to, you know, they're intelligent. And they're intelligent enough to know that, 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 that protesting the fraud isn't going to do, do you any good. They see they already see the federal court system being manipulated. They already see the lies and 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 the and they saw what happened to the lawyers and the threats on the lives of the lawyers and the people being put falsely in jail. The, the, the Republican Party sees these things. We know that these things are going on. And then we got these yo-yos that are on radio shows going, you need to do something. You need to get up. You need to stand up. And we're like, they're throwing everybody in jail for crying out loud. What are we going to go do? Just go down, put handcuffs on ourselves and walk in the front door and say, put me in jail too? See, the thing is, the, the Republicans, generally speaking, in this country, are intelligent enough to be able to see what is happening in this country. And so they're like, well, what's the point? Let me tell you, folks, when they finally pull that lever in this country and the Civil War does break out in accordance with the prophecies, dreams, and visions of Wilkerson, uh, Dimitri Dudeman, and uh, – oh, gosh, I wish I had uh, recorded that one. I, maybe if I do a heavy-duty search on my email, I can find the one, or, or maybe my sister will remember. I don't know. Uh, with the big, uh, X, the, the big X across the United States made out of gunpowder, that, that was a recent one, a confirmation one that just came out uh, – um, Wow, a couple, uh, I think maybe about six months ago. Um, and I was like, wow, uh, now I've got a three way confirmation on the Civil War dynamic. Never, not, you know, without even mentioning the fact that there have been, um, you know, declarations and, and things made by lawmakers in Texas. There have been uh, similar, uh, you know, paper based declarations or whatever you want to call them. They're not really legal, but they're, they're, 
you know, public statements made by lawmakers in various places across the country that are talking about cessation, uh, certain, uh, uh, you know, counties located in Oregon uh, want to succeed from Oregon and they want to become part, what is it, Idaho, is it? Um, so anyway, um, there is a lot of talk that, that, and it's not idle talk either. We're talking about, you know, congressional, you know, public declarations and statements out there that are using the cessation word. So, and so you know, and then we don't know what's in the hearts because the Republicans are not like the, the, the blue. The blue states and the blue people, okay, are – I don't know. I don't want to start a – big deal over it and you know but but look <clears throat> Tulsi Gabbard what did she do she left the, uh, the the Democratic Party and she told everybody she says I highly she, she has YouTube videos out she the, she the woman is absolutely brilliant and she she came out and she said Tulsi Gabbard she she said I had to leave the Democratic Party it is no longer the Democratic Party that it that it used to be this this and she explained item for item for item for item bullet point bullet point bullet point item for item exactly why the current Democratic Party has nothing to do nothing in similar nothing similar to the Democratic Party of the days before gone by. It's not the same belief system. It's not. It, it's something satanic took over. Uh, once that pandemic was released, that was it. Bam. Uh, and uh, anyway, so uh, we're not. It's it's not the normal. Democratic Party versus the Republicans, you know, even though that, you know, you could get into this discussion and the government has been controlled from the very beginning. And that's absolutely true. Absolutely true. But today, the separation, the cessationist, the, the civil war ishness, the, the 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 division is phenomenal. But I don't think it takes, you know, a uh, rocket scientist to see that. Praise God. All right. Hallelujah. And I don't want to be late bringing on Randall Two L's Wrath Bun. <laughs> I want to meet it. I'll get that fixed. Um, excuse me. Hold on. All right. Hallelujah. Um, maybe someday that that uh, the last little dregs of this, uh, you know flu cold thing will go away forever and ever. Amen. Praise God. All right. Um, next thing up is another snippet. Now, I, w I would love to have the time, but I don't, to play the entire 14-minute snippet of um, this YouTube video uh, uh, talking about the World War situation from Scott Ritter because it is absolutely outstanding. But I do find it, and I think that you as well would find it very noteworthy that we've got, you know, Russia, the Red Army, Red Horse in progress. We see the unbelievable things that are happening that, that are, I mean, you know, they're, they're collapsing the West. They're collapsing the petrodollar. They're completely destroying anything and anything, everything and anything that has to do with the West. Which is interesting because when you identify the landmass, if you look at the Earth, or, you know, and, and you identify which countries are part of the West, it is about 
5% a quarter of the earth, roughly, give or take, uh, from a landmass standpoint. Um, I'm not really sure from a population standpoint, but I will say, but, but here's what's interesting, is in the fourth seal, you know, behold a pale horse, it talks about a quarter of the earth. You know, death will come upon a quarter of the earth, which would be exactly what you would expect to happen if a world war were to break out, because the countries that are not included in the West would have, A, they wouldn't have really have an army that was worth a darn to, to, to even join in if they wanted to, uh, and B, uh, they're just disconnected, really, sociopolitically from the rest of the West. The only thing that's interconnected from a World War standpoint is New Zealand, Australia, uh, the United States, Europe through NATO. That makes up a 25% uh, that you need, okay, to meet the requirements of the fourth seal, behold a pale horse, okay, amen? So right now, we're so queued up for World War III. I mean, I'm, I mean, are you kidding me? I mean, all of us. I mean, at any time. I used to say this all the time. We could wake up tomorrow and bam. The only thing that makes me hesitate is, again, the foundation of the prophecies, dreams, and visions, and how it overlays the Holy Bible. Okay, now, you know, could God call an audible? Could some things happen that are World War III-ish, that are really horrible, horrific, uh, that are completely unexpected, unanticipated, that we don't have prophecies for? And the answer is absolutely yes. Now, granted, you'd probably be able to go back to the 1600s and find some, you know, mother Shipton, you know, prophecy and say, oh, look at there or, you know, whatever. But but I'm just saying as far as the 20th century and the vast majority of the prophets that we've been collecting uh, information from and cataloging over the last 12 years, no, there's nothing about Taiwan. So I'm not even watching Taiwan. I know everybody else is Taiwan, 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 Taiwan. I'm not. I don't see it as being an issue because it just – it never came up. It's not in the catalog. Now, North Korea, that's a whole different story. And every other – you know, NATO and the collapse and the the petrodollar and all that, that's all in the Holy Bible. We're talking about the third seal. We're, we're, We're literally watching the seals roll out underneath our feet right now. And praise you, Jesus, we're not sitting around waiting for some perfect red heifer to come along so somebody can suddenly build a temple, which isn't going to happen. All right, praise Jesus. Uh, when it, you know, whenever all that stuff, that Ezekiel 34, whatever, blah, 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 probably sometime during the, the end times, I'm talking about, you know, the great tribulation. There's a, that's three and a half years. That's a lot of time to go by. Think about – think back three and a half years ago. I mean, oh, man, what a – wow, what a last three and a half years. What a last three and a half years these have been. Haven't he? Wow. Praise God. Well, anyway, so just about the time that you think everybody's kind of getting used to things that are going on around the world, and maybe a few people are waking up because they're reading the reading the new Glenn Beck book uh, about the uh, global reset, which talks in great, fantastic, fantabulous, unbelievable detail. Well, absolutely astonishing. It's fabulous. I love the book. I'm gonna. Re- I'm, I, it, it, it goes to a level of detail that that satisfies even me, and that is rare. Uh, and uh, so so and it, and it maybe. It'll dull down a little bit as I get deeper into the book, and I'll toss toss it into the corner, put it on the bookshelf. But right now, I'm impressed. 
As a matter of fact, he even opens up and he explains that that whole ESG uh, stranglehold that the World Economic Forum is forcing down upon mankind right now, it really doesn't matter if people like Klaus Schwab or not. It's already in progress. It, it, this snowball is, is now, you know, maybe it was the size of a, a, a softball when it started at the top of the mountain, but let me tell you something. It's halfway down the mountain, and that thing is as big as a quarry truck right now, okay, because it's all over the place. Okay, this is a snowball that ain't going to break apart. It's already uh, one of the things that Glenn pointed out about the ESG and, and the social, you know, credits, you know, the, the you know the the climate scoring and the social, the LGBT, LMNOP scoring and all that other creepy weirdness. Okay, th- that stuff. Let me tell you something. It's it's it is in place. Okay, all they got to do now is just ratchet it up and make it a little bit tighter, a little bit tighter, a little bit tighter, a little bit tighter. So anyway, that's that that snowball ain't breaking apart. It's already in progress. So I don't care if they fight and, but you know, I don't care if they do like a Three Stooges thing with John Kerry and Klaus Schwab and and uh, whoever else they want to think of, uh, you know, uh, you know, whoop, 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 twinking, you know, hitting each other with over the head with frying pans and everything like, you know, the Lord has to do to me sometimes. Ow! You know, you need to spell the name correctly. Ow! Um, you know, but it doesn't matter. The ESG snowballs already going down the hill. And Glenn points out, he, he says that, they, they're, you know, in his estimation, they're going to have uh, a regulatory requirement to have a member of the board of directors of every publicly traded company to be, a, be the official representative of the ESG scoring system for that publicly traded company. Whoa. If he's right about that. Oh, my. Talk about putting it on a high-speed, accelerated, you know, uh, magneto-leviton train as far as how fast it's going to elaborate into the evil web of Satanism is going to just uh, – it's going to hit people so hard and so fast. And, yes, to Glenn's credit, they will not see it coming. All right. Now, this was uh, an absolute joy to hear Tucker Carlson actually say this. <clears throat> now, granted, he, you know, whether he I, I personally, I think he believes it. I do. Now, if you were to confront him in person, he would probably deny that he believes it. But usually when people say things like this. They secretly do believe it. They just don't want to admit that they believe it. All right, but I'm just going to play the little snippet here that Tucker Carlson over the weekend, somebody sent this in. Um, thank you, uh, uh, Brother Brian, uh, for, for sending this to me. Um, very cool, super cool. Uh, and I'm going to play it for you right now. All right, let me go ahead and hit the special button. Let me see if this will come up. Hold on. Here it comes. Here it comes. Tucker Carlson. And with our lizard overlords in Davos, Switzerland, what are they up to? Well, this. Time to check in with our lizard overlords in Davos, Switzerland. What are they up to? Well, this. Did you hear that? our lizard overlord time to check in with our lizard overlord time to check in with our lizard overlords in davos switzerland what are- 
Oh, that's absolutely genius. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. All right. So people are really waking up, you know. Even the idea that he would say that means that he has heard others say it. And then to what degree, and oh, goodness gracious, praise God. All i got to say is thank you, Jesus, because you know what? When I started doing tribulation now, if you would say anything, even though it's in the Bible, by the way, it's in the Testament of Reuben from the Dead Sea Scrolls. You saw the paper that, anyway, I'm not going to get into it. I could do it. Like I said, I, I did mention that I could do a whole radio show on nothing but the lizard overlords. And I, boy, you would, I got hit with a lot of emails. There were a lot of people going, oh, please, 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 please just do a radio show on the lizard overlords. So I'm, you know, I guess I should the next time. So, Sister Nancy, if you do get a chance to listen to this program, I know you're absolutely overwhelmed with stuff uh, and hang in there. Uh, but, um, you know, the next program that or the next date that I have my name scratched into, let's hold on to it and not give it away. Because uh, I think I will do a uh, program on the on the lizard overlords. Right. Time to check in with our lizard overlords in Davos, Switzerland. <laughs> that is priceless. All right. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. All right. Let's do the rest of the news. We're down short on time. If our brother Randall with two L's uh, is uh, Rath Bun is uh, on the a call dock right now, please hang in there for us. Sometimes we go a few minutes over the 8 o'clock hour, 8 o'clock Eastern time. So um, that is very, very common. Uh, normal part of this program. Um, I don't know if Nancy puts it in the emails or not, uh, but uh, sometimes we go a little bit past the top of the hour. Hang in there for us, and we'll bring you on live. Thank you, Jesus. And then you can go an extra half an hour if you feel led. Uh, it's just however the Holy Spirit leads you, and uh, and uh, it's all to the glory of Jesus. All right. And on that note, let's go ahead and do the rest of the apocalyptic news real fast. Ladies and gentlemen, may I have your attention, please? It's not normal. It's just wrong. God. Russia advances towards two towns in the Ukraine's Zaporizhia region. I hope I didn't butcher that pronunciation too badly. Now, why is this significant? Because they're heading to Odessa. Okay, so that would wrap up as far as uh, what Putin believes is absolutely mandatory as far as uh, the Russian-speaking people being the predominant uh, group of the population. And by now, you can pretty much count on the, the rest of them uh, to have flown the coop, as it were, and headed further, you know, toward Poland. Uh, and anyway, so, but the, the, the you know, I just wanted to bring uh, to people's attention because you will never hear it in the uh, Western news, in the, in the mainstream media news, uh, that uh, Russia is advancing and they are advancing very successfully right now. Uh, not not that they don't have resistance because, like, you know, the West continues to pump, 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 pump and kill people, kill. All it's doing is it's killing Ukraine. Now, yes, our, there are Russian casualties and it's a terrible thing. The whole thing is terrible. The whole thing, I mean, the whole thing is awful. War is never good. But guess what, folks? Read your Bible. Read your Bible. From here forward, you think there's going to be any war-free periods? That would be a big... 
Okay. All right. Next one up. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Psalm 91 all the way. Reside in the secret place of the Most High. Praise God. Next one up. Death toll from floods in the Philippines surpasses 30 people, disaster manage- according to their disaster management agency. Now, what's really noteworthy about this, the Philippines are getting bombarded very, very heavily. The amount of people that are displaced is absolutely phenomenal. And by the way, they're not the only part of the world that's, that these, every place that is prone to flooding, prone to monsoons, India, you know, all these places. The monsoons, the impact, the flooding, the depth of the floods, the amount of people that are displaced, the numbers are absolutely through the roof. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. I mean, we are so deep. I mean, folks, I don't know. I mean, we're really just one big, round, copper-shaped, massive Death Star spaceship away from departure. Hallelujah. Uh, thank you, Jesus. So we uh, praise God for David Doetry's uh, vision of the, of the rapture of the barley harvest, the first watch, uh, because that really helped, uh, you know, when juxtaposed side by side with Pastor Sori Park's vision and being taken to heaven and being told by Jesus about NASA announcing to the entire world that the aliens took the people, which, of course, we know that, that is not the case. All right, praise Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Next one up. United Kingdom armed forces are facing a shortfall of 4,000 troops after the 2022 mass resignations. So, again, uh, why is that interesting? Well, it's interesting because we have that problem going on all over the West, you know, because of the. So, why are we shooting ourselves in the foot? It's intentional. The destruction of the West, the downfall of the West, the, the downfall of the petrodollar, that's all required. We're entering in. We are rolling into the third seal. The, 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 the petrodollar has to fail. BRICS has to take over. These are all biblical items, and we are in the middle of it. We are right in the middle of it, okay, folks? And it could accelerate at lights. Well, I don't know how fast. They're probably not light speed, but pretty darn fast. All right. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Next one up. Japan's trade deficit hits its record high, according to the information and the data from the people like, you know, J.P. Morgan Chase and all of the, you know, and the International Swiss Bank of Settlements. And uh, so, again, there are there is evidence on a global level. It is not just in the United States. You know, all the people, you know, coming forward and saying we got it to Again, it's it's not two trillion. It's two quadrillion. Two quadrillion dollars of derivatives are stacked up. And right now there are articles that are coming out. I'm just letting you know there are articles coming out that the housing market is about to collapse. So all of you that are sitting around there counting your money, you know, like, uh, you know, whatever, uh, you know, and saying, wow, you know, I, I my net worth is, you know, $350,000. Wow, praise the Lord, you know, and all that kind of stuff. Guess what? I ain't going to last very long. It's getting ready to collapse. Just letting you know. All right, praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Next one up. Multiple people killed in California celebration. And, of course, if you didn't hear about it, uh, probably by now you have. Uh, but there was, uh, you know, an event uh, to celebrate the Chinese Lunar New Year in Monterey Park, Los Angeles. And it went awry, turned into a mass shooting and a big mess. Uh, anyway, uh, just one of many of the... I don't know, end times, cataclysmic, BLM, Antifa kind of things that are going on out there, and, and they're, they're not stopping, folks. I'm, I'm telling you. <clears throat> what I'm not reporting is stuff that I don't have time. If I Hold on a second. If I went into every single city 
that is currently having outbreaks of violence, police cars being set on fire. Atlanta. Atlanta is going through some really bad stuff right now. It never ends. That's the thing. We're so busy just trying to keep up with the basic end times apocalyptic headlines. We don't have time. It would take hours to go through all the different. These are not just peaceful protests. These are people setting. This is just like the, the BLM stuff that was happening uh, you know, a couple of years ago. And, and it's still happening now. It's, it's not ending. It's, it's continuing. And uh, oh my gosh, you should see the stuff that's going on, on out there. It is absolutely unbelievable. And we don't hear about hardly any of it. Now, I know it's happening because I have a very finely tuned Twitter feed. Okay. Um, there's, if you're, if you do have a finely tuned Twitter feed as well, you can look, hunt for this title, Libs of TikTok. And you got to find out how to spell TikTok. It's not like you think. All right. Libs, L-I-B-S of TikTok. Put that in your Twitter feed. Watch it. Okay. Um, There's another one called clowns or something like that. But I will tell you, folks, the stuff that is going on in stores, the, 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 oh, my gosh, all over the country, all over the country. Anyway, praise God. If we had time, but we don't. Praise Jesus. Next one. Pentagon already sees that the Ukraine war will go past 2023. So that's what their prediction is. I don't, I'm not at all surprised. Uh, as a matter of fact, I, I, I think they're going to continue to poke the bear and poke the bear and poke the bear until uh, the, uh, the um, uh, Baba Vanga vision comes true and Russia says all the heck with it we're just going to go ahead and do what they want us to do and you know and they'll end up in uh, Istanbul you know just like the Baba Vanga uh, 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 vision and if that be true um, they're they're being told that at the point that that occurs uh, that they should don their um, Sabbath clothes and be prepared for the Messiah to come which of course to them to the um, to the you know Chabad uh, mystical Jews that's ultimately going to be the Antichrist all right praise God thank you Jesus which of course is our you know checkered flag that hey Hey, hey, time to go. You're going home. At least the first iteration, the first watch will be leaving by then, at least. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. All right, next one up. All right, Cop City chaos erupts in Atlanta when rioters set police cars on fire, launch fireworks, and hurl rocks. You should see the videos for this stuff, folks. It makes some of the stuff that was going on with the Antifa stuff. It's bad. It's really bad. All right, next one up. Hallelujah. World Net Daily reports egg smuggling spikes on Mexico border amidst record high prices. I wonder if it's just the record high prices or that it's just like easy when you come across the uh, Rio Grande to like kind of sneak into a chicken coop and grab a couple of eggs. I don't know. But uh, but yeah, the prices are through the roof. It's absolutely crazy. And it's driving me nuts. I love chicken. I, I love and, and you people out there that, that have your little free range chickens walking around and you just go out and pick up like two dozen eggs every morning. Well, doggone it. Share them with all of us because, uh, you know, it's just a nice Christianly thing to do. I'm kidding. All right. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. But Definitely share. We all we're, we're commanded to share. Praise Jesus. Hallelujah. Next one up. All right. Murders are already soaring. Uh, murders uh, are soaring in six major cities. Now, what they're doing this is a daily daily caller found, news foundation, and what they did is they pulled up, uh, you know, uh, the standard polls and things that you know from from the various you know police agencies, et cetera, law enforcement uh, information, and they're discovering that murders. Capital crimes 
murders are soaring. This is this is new, by the way. Uh, I don't know if you're aware of this, but if you go back about three years, it was actually murders were on a massive decline across the country. So uh, pretty much all the bad things, suicides, murders, all these terrible crimes, crimes, crimes of death uh, that, that ultimately end up crippling or maiming or killing somebody are through the roof. All right. And is anybody surprised? Is anybody surprised? Okay, good. All right. I, I, I didn't see any hands in the audience, so I figured, hallelujah, thank you, Jesus. All right, next one up. Iconic United States venue urged to drop facial recognition and, uh, uh, of their enemies list. And so what they were doing was they were using facial recognition systems at Madison Square Garden, which you know has limitations to how many people get seen, and blah, 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 blah. And they cut some deals with it. Well, I was glad to see those. This is a classic case where the facial recognition system started busting on some of the uh, people that, you know, are part of the elitist crowd in New York, and it kind of backfired on them. And they said, you're going to get rid of this, or I'm going to do this, that, and the other thing to you, and you're going to be sorry. And I'm like going, cool. <laughs> Anytime they throw a monkey wrench, any kind of a monkey wrench into one of their, you know, Revelation 13 beast government, uh, you know, technologies, I'm just like, praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Next one up. State moves to revoke Dr. Ryan Cole's license for prescribing ivermectin and COVID-19 vaccine comments. You know what? It's just amazing how many, how many gazillions and gazillions and gazillions of, of highly credible news sources, medical sources, medical universities all over the world, entire countries have come forward and said, these vaccines are bioweapons. They're evil. Myocarditis. People are dropping like flies. We have three times the deaths between the age of 20 and 40, for crying out loud. There are life insurance companies that are worried about going out of business over this stuff, and they're still killing people's medical licenses. Mm. Mm. It's frustrating. Glenn, what do you got to say about this? Nothing happens. Nobody goes to jail. Nobody pays for a thing anymore. Well, there you have it. All right, next one up. Klaus Schwab, Klaus Schwab declares that he will run the WEF into his 100s as globalist colleagues demand a succession plan. So they're, you know, maybe they're, you know, they're scrapping around, poking each other's eyes. You know, I'm more important than you are. No, I'm more important than you are. No, I'm more important than you are. No, I'm more important than you are. My city is bigger than yours. My car is better than yours. I have a S-Class Mercedes-Benz. Well, so what? I have a, a Tesla three billion. Uh, you know, whatever. They will never stop being human, no matter how sick and twisted they are in their satanic, baby-killing minds. All right, praise God, thank you, Jesus. Next one up. Federal agencies withhold data behind the pilot heart condition change. COVID vac stroke reversal. Listen to this. The pilots they monitor their heart rate while they're flying. They've taken the vax. Their heart rates are wrong. They are dangerous. Planes are going to fall from the sky, folks. You'll see. Next one up. Washington Free Beacon. It's Armageddon, it says in the headline. Media is silent on the Biden administration's plan to snatch public land for solar farms. Is there anybody surprised about that? I don't think so. All right, next one up. Hallelujah. 
Technocrats at Work Medical Profession implements the World Health Organization's digital diagnosis code for the unvaxxed. So now, if you're on Medicare or Medicaid, they're going to stick a little number in there so that every time that you go and do whatever it is you do medically with your Medicare and your Medicaid, that little number will float across the computer uh, computerosphere, and they will know that you are not satisfactorily vaxxed. Now, what do you think that that's going to cause them to do? Have you thought about it? Buckle up. It's getting pretty creepy out there, folks. I know. Pretty soon we'll all be roaming the streets. All right, next one up. Biden's climate envoy, John Kerry, says that extraterrestrial force brought people to Davos to save the planet in a bizarre World Economic Forum speech. Well, considering what he did at Yale, and he invited, like, otherworldly beings and lizard creatures to enter them while they're rolling around in blank, 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 beep, beep, beep inside these coffins, I would not at all – I really believe that he probably believes exactly what he's saying. That's one up. German bishop announces new guidelines forcing priests to accept homosexuality and transgenderism. It ain't going to stop, folks. It's just going to get worse. Next one up. United States lenders are starting to go bankrupt with new mortgages down 47%. Ouch, ouch, that hurts. Two quadrillion dollars in derivatives. Look out, folks. Hold on. I Man, I wish I had paid my house off. I should have paid my house off. I thought Jesus was coming. I'm a bonehead. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Sustain us, Lord. Next one up. What's this? A denomination that rejects same-sex marriages? And sure enough, the Church of England has come out and made a public statement and said, we reject it and we're not going to do it. I wonder how long they'll pull that off. Don't let Klaus Schwab get a hold of them. They're going to be in big trouble. Next one, Kiev seeks to ban Ukrainian Orthodox Church as part of the religious crackdown. So guess what? If you're Russian Orthodox, or or, or 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 Ukrainian Orthodox, because you've got too much in common with the Russian Orthodox Church. Guess what? Out of Ukraine! You're not allowed here anymore. Does that kind of wipe out all the churches there? It probably does. There might be a couple of Mormons, you know, walking around with, with the Bible and a white shirt. But who knows? Anyway, praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Next one up. Musk Twitter poll finds millions opposed the world rule from Davos by the WEF. Do you think it matters? Do you think it matters? All I can tell you is that if you're like my sister, you think you're going to pray away the book of Revelation, and I'm here to tell you you're not going to pray away the book of Revelation. Hallelujah. Anyway, on that note, we're going to look for Brother Randall 2L's Wrath Bun, no R, which I will fix later, but I didn't want to lose the link the integrity of the web link again. Uh, so I'll fix it later after the, because um, I don't want to lose listeners because this is this testimony is extremely important for everybody to hear. And unfortunately, one little letter wrong on that title and it, it dorks with all the podcasts. It messes with everything. And then we lose people. And I don't want to lose people. Well, I'll fix it later after, you know, you know, after it trickles out across the internetosphere and gets into the podcasting systems. Then I will update the thing and update the link, and then it will re-propagate across, and we'll get double listeners. <laughs> we'll get more. Okay, so in a way, it's kind of a good mistake in the sense that uh, it will actually um, – uh, 
send two ripples of uh, RSS feeds out to all the podcast uh, applications, and people will actually see them as two separate shows, one with the proper spelling and one with the improper spelling. But the cool part is that it's likely to touch more people's lives that way. So uh, it seems to me that this isn't just your normal, natural, everyday dork up coincidence from me trying to do the radio show, uh, uh, you know, to, to setting up the radio show at 4.30 a.m. or whatever, 4.44, uh, 5 a.m. in the morning, well, instead of waiting a couple of hours, and, you know, when I'm, I can actually focus my eyes on the screen, praise God. Isn't it wonderful getting older? No, it's not. Anyway, thank you very much. But anyway, uh, let's go ahead and bring on Brother Randall Two L's Rathbun uh, to tell us this fantastic. This is awesome. Great testimony that is going to be inspiring, a little scary, and inspiring for all of us. I think we all need to hear it. Hallelujah! Here we go. Thank you for your patience, Randall Two L's Rathbun. I apologize for the dorking up of your spelling of your name, sir. Thank you for joining us tonight. Are you there? Yes, I am, Johnny. That's quite a unique introduction. I haven't been introduced quite that way before, but appreciate that. And I want to say a good evening to everyone who's listening. You're right. Uh, I have something this evening that's very important for all of us to listen to. And I'm going to try to do two things in talking with you this evening. I'm going to open up to you the gospel that Jesus preached. Yes, he did actually preach the gospel before he died. It was called the gospel of the kingdom. But I also want to introduce to you a person who's probably one of the least known people in the whole universe. And that person is God the Father. I want to back up to give you a little bit of background on me. I was born in an engineering kind of family. My dad was a civil engineer at the time, and we showed great promise going into high school. I had a scholarship to Montana State University. And I was enjoying getting into that brand new field called electrical engineering. My mother was very religious, very influential, and she made sure that we were in church every Sunday. We had to be there absolutely. It was a Lutheran church, but we did take the confirmation class, too, so that we learned about God and the devil, about plan of salvation, about Jesus Christ and that. I have to say I was very religious, and I even lit the candles, one of the best candle ushers the pastor told me. But there was something really wrong in my life. And I couldn't quite put my finger on. I just knew to perform religiously, but there were dark things kind of lurking around underneath. And 
like all young teenagers, teenage boys, I got attracted to the opposite sex. And after puberty hit, all of a sudden those things uh, started pressing in. Here's where things begin to break down. My parents didn't quite know what to say. I know we all laugh and chuckle about the birds and the bees uh, for our dad to take us off and have a little talk. But my father never did that. And we were left literally to pick up uh, that education on our own. Well, I'm sorry to say, if that happens, you're going to be picking up the garbage instruction. And that's precisely what happened with me. When I went to Bozeman, another friend of mine had the same major I did. And he was a close friend. We played the trombone and the baritone in the high school band together. So one October evening, he invited me over to his dorm. He said, hey, Randall. Come over to my dorm now. It's ready. And I want to honor you to be the first person in there. So, like a good trusting person, I walked right through the door and walked right into the most horrible experience at that time in my life that I had. Uh, My friend had literally taken all of the centerfold pictures out of all the Playboy and the other magazines, and I not only put them up on the walls, he'd actually put them up on the ceiling. And the whole dorm was filled with that. And at that time, I felt a very strange sensation that something was putting chains on me, very tight, very firm chains. And I think that was the moment that I really got captured in to sexual lust, promiscuity. You can name the whole list there. Uh, Jesus did name it. He said, uh, out of the heart proceeds uncleanness, fornication, murders, adulteries. So the Lord knows what evil can be hidden in our heart. I took the easy way out here. I decided I wasn't going to let anybody know anything at all, what was hidden in my heart. And I hid it from everyone, literally. Most certainly my parents never found out about it, and neither did any one of my close friends. But indulging in secret sin has very serious repercussions. And I was going to find this out about 30 years later in my life. So I spent some time in a religious sect for a while that was in Mora, Minnesota. But one good thing did come from that. I was born again, December 29, 1969, born again into the kingdom of God. And at that time, I actually had to be delivered from three spirits, spirit of uncleanness, spirit of lying, and a spirit of pride. And that was totally remarkable to me. When I vomited the third time, 
I was actually ripped inside, uh, down low in my kidney area. Now, there is a Bible verse where Jesus said to the unclean spirit, you come out of him and do not tear him. But we knew nothing, and we, didn't, we weren't aware of that scripture. And so I got taken advantage of, and I had that hurt for over six months. But there was a profound change that came into my heart. And for the very first time, I knew the love of God, I knew that God's kingdom was very real, and I also knew that we were journeying toward one of two destinations, toward light or toward darkness, and the choice was placed upon us. After spending some time there, I broke free of the religious sect that was God's doing in a very remarkable way. I came out to California and I picked up becoming a technician at one of the computer companies there in the San Diego County area. And I was there for about 12 years or so until we had a massive layoff. And I got picked up by a defense company and they liked what I was doing, and I published a math paper at that time, and that came to the attention of the general manager of that division, and he gave me a choice of working in any one of the divisions that I wanted to. So I naturally picked what I thought was the best, working on the F-22 program. I did that. Religiously, I thought I was doing okay. I got involved with a very cutting-edge church. Uh, There became later on Praise Center. We had a pastor leading it who was world-famous, literally. And he had a ministry especially to prisoners. And he wrote a very popular book called From Prison to Praise. I think most of you will find out who that man is. But he was our our pastor, and I moved up. I asked to come on to the choir, and I asked to join the worship team. I was musically inclined, had sung a cappella high school and that, so I got accepted on. And I did my best. We had incredible worship time, but I was still hiding something in my heart. I had not broken free of the uncleanness and impurity which was inside. Now, I had one very key thing happen before my accident, which was August 30th, Friday evening of 2002. And I had an open vision as I was helping lead worship one Sunday morning And God showed me frogs, filthy frogs, raining down through umbrella, which was broken. It had huge holes in it. And these frogs were dropping on all of the people. And the moment they touched the person, the person would squirm. They were hurt. They were being tormented. Uh, They felt slimed and very unclean. 
And Jesus himself spoke to me in that vision, and he said, Randall, those people are the congregation in front of you. You are the umbrella, and you have openings. And it's unclean spirits that are falling through, and I'm going to hold you personally responsible for all the damage that's being done to my sheep. I want to tell everyone listening to me, please, please, you do not want Jesus Christ talking like that to you. I quit. I immediately resigned. Uh, the pastor, minister, pastor, uh, and his wife conferred with me, and they agreed, yes, I needed to stop. And I did that, and I prayed for reconciliation to God. But I still was holding on to sin in my heart. Now we come up to a very important evening, Friday evening, August 30th, 2002. I had gone through a very stressful situation at work. I had not handled things well. I was doing some cutting-edge earthquake research, but I had not properly prepared a presentation for my company, and I realized I put my foot in my mouth, and I knew I'd hurt my career there. And Friday evening, I got very distressed, and I came out and headed south to go down to a church to be prayed for. Unfortunately, Friday evening, they were having a party for the teenagers, and I couldn't find anybody to help me. Finally, one old man came around and said, Randall, why are you here? What's, what's your problem? And then he said, you're, you're a sinner. And he read God's word to me. And the moment that he read it, I actually felt the living presence of God in that word. And I thought, I need, I need rescue. I don't know how, but I need rescue. Nobody was there to help. Finally, at 930 evening I left that gathering and I drove home and that's when I was attacked that's the only way I can say it I heard a voice behind me saying take your hand off the steering wheel I am God I will pilot your car directly on the road I I want everyone to know if you ever hear a voice say anything like that know right away it is not God. It is something that will actually want to kill you. So I tried to bargain. I said, look, how do I know you're God? I will give you a test. I'll give you 10 seconds. I'll take my hands off. If the car goes straight, then I know that you're God. If the car turns, then I know you're a liar. And I actually put the voice to a test, took my hands off the steering wheel, and that was a fatal mistake. At that point, the car veered to the right, hit the stanchion there on State Highway 163, up by Miramar Airport. And instantly, I passed out momentarily and woke above the car, about 20 feet above it, woke alive in the spirit to incredible pain on my wrists and my ankles 
and I realized I was chained up. And yes, there were three sets of chains on me. One on my ankles, one on my legs, ankles, and a third chain binding them both together. And this being had me, and he was screaming at the top of his lungs, he's mine, he's mine, he's mine. And like that, all of a sudden, I felt like the bottom dropped out of the ground. I felt like a bottomless pit opened up, and we fell in free fall. And, of course, I was incredibly afraid at that moment. Huge fear and panic was going through me, and I screamed out, why, why is this happening? And instantly, God put three living verses in front of me. The first one is from Romans 6.23, the wages of sin is death. The second verse is John 8.34, verily, verily, I say unto you, whoever commits sin is the servant of sin, John 8.34. And the third verse was Galatians 6, 7. Don't be deceived. God is not mocked. Whatsoever a man sows, that shall he reap. And at that, I realized that I had deceived myself. I had not fooled God at all. And I was about to reap my just rewards, my wages, be paid in full. And as we kept moving on, I had a horrible thought that no human being could possibly think for more than a second or two. And the horrible thought is this. I am now going to hell forever and ever and ever and ever and ever and ever and ever and ever. Never get out. I'm stuck here for all eternity. This is a incredibly, incredibly depressing thought, and it, it would actually rip the core of your being. And yet downward, we kept going. I got closer to the lake of fire. I could smell the awful stench of that place. Yes, it's like sulfur, but it's much, much hotter than anything we have on Earth. And I also... I could hardly breathe. It was incredibly hot. And then I heard a sound. I heard a sound that no human being should ever have to hear. I heard the sound of people trapped in a lake of fire, screaming and screaming and cursing and swearing. And that the best way I can kind of describe this it's like you take a box full of broken glass and you shake that box up as hard as you can so that all the more glass is shattered and smashed and broken. That's the effect that these screams had. And you knew it was people who would never get out. And you also knew that you were just a few seconds before being in the same lake as they. Now, obviously, I'm not. But this is because there was a very important person who decided to step in at the very last moment, right before I hit the lake of fire. 
And yet, that person is God the Father himself. It was not Jesus. It was actually God the Father. Just before I hit that lake, all of a sudden I heard very loud concussions, and I didn't know at that moment what that was. Three seconds later, I realized what it was because I woke up in an area above the earth about 3,000 miles, and the only thing I could say was I escaped. I escaped. I got out of hell. I don't know how I got out of hell, but I'm out. And it was quiet, and I needed that time to recover because no human being can take even a minute of hell. That's how awful that place is. And I, I pondered, okay, I escaped, now what? And then the most authoritative voice that I ever heard, and I be so bold to say the most authoritative voice that any human being or angels or demons could possibly hear spoke, and it was God the Father himself. And he, when he spoke, the place I was in just shook like a leaf. There was so much authority. I knew instantly how whole universes would spring into being because that's the authority that that voice had. And he said, son, we've got an important decision to make. And I'm going to give you all the time to make that decision. And I knew what he meant. I had to make a decision if I was going to come back to earth or not, or I would be taken by the Father into heaven. And then he said something that I never had my own earthly dad say. He said, I trust you. This is something that we need to hear from dads. We need to have supportive fathers that will lift us up, not those. And yes, I had a dysfunctional family and my parents were broken. So I'm not trying to be hard on them. But they didn't know. My father didn't know how to affirm me. But now the last authority in the universe said, I trust you. He took me out of that place up to, I guess, an access area in heaven. And he said, I'm going to allow you to experience seven places. And he did. And the first place, I'm, I'm not sure if I have this in the exact order that it occurred, but the first place, was stopped in front of an incredible university, gleaming white, glowing with the glory of heaven. Things in heaven are translucent and transparent. You can actually see through things. And I saw the glory of God, the light of heaven, glowing through. And I was so surprised. I said, university, wow. And Father said, yes. And I said, whose university is that? And the father just responded, yours, Randall, your university. And I was stunned. I argued, what do you mean, my university? What do you, what's universities doing in heaven? And the father stopped me and he said, Randall, 
all knowledge comes from me. The mathematical knowledge that you have came from me. Does it make it plain now? And I said, yes, Father, I get it, I get it, I get it. (laughs) And he told me that he designed heaven in such a way that everyone's talent would be fully utilized. And he told me that my talent, part of it was mathematics. And that university was because of the talent that he gave to me. What an amazing dad. You have to stop and really think about this, that not only did God give you talents, but he also creates an opportunity for us to grow in heaven, further develop our skills and talents. So God said, come on, I want to show you some more things. So the next place, I was in a shop area watching people do carpentry. Yes, I know it sounds a little odd, but there are crafts and activities that we do in heaven. And I was watching a man making a bookcase. Now, God knew that I loved bookcases. I was a finished carpenter for five years. I had worked on staircases, flooring, parquet flooring. had done exquisite work there up in the summit uh, area of St. Paul. And God knew all of that. And I said, wow, I can make stuff. And the father has an incredible sense of humor. And he said, that's right, Randall. You can be a carpenter here like my son. And all of a sudden, I remembered Jesus Christ was a carpenter. And I also knew that he did not forget his carpenter skills. We don't. God continues. We transition from this earthly lifetime into heaven. I also saw the women making incredible tapestries and embroideries. The third stop, God said, let me show you your orchard. Instantly, I was put in the middle of an apricot orchard, and God said, what do you think about my trees up here? Go ahead and eat in an apricot. So I reached my hand out. The moment I plucked the fruit, instantly a bud, a flower bud, instantly appeared, and it was going to become another apricot in a short period of time. I was so amazed. And God said, Randall, there is no death up here in heaven. Everything is alive, and everything is productive and fruitful. You can gather the apricots or the other fruits as you wish, and you can give them to your friends and give them away up in heaven. Yes, we do have relationships in heaven. And yes, we do share good things in heaven with each other. I saw next a room where people were orating. And God saw that one of the desires of my heart that was crushed was the ability to debate. And I had totally forgotten about this. And yet God had not forgotten. I want to tell everybody listening that your Heavenly Father, my Heavenly Father, knows every desire that we had. I'm talking about godly desires. 
and he will not allow a single one to drop to the ground, not one. In heaven, we are given the opportunity to pick up things that we thought were lost forever. They are not. God is the very faithful God, and he knows our hearts inside and out. The last thing that I saw was the rainbow above the throne of God, and I heard the seraphim singing, and they were singing such an awesome, awesome worship of God. I, I just melted down on the spot. It was so incredibly beautiful and holy. And then the father asked me a very personal question. He said, would you like to join them? Well, I couldn't say no. And the next thing I knew, I was singing along with the seraphim, but with God's help, of course. Only with the help of God, the Holy Spirit, a person even hoped to join in that incredible holy worship. Yes, that area of the rainbow is very hot with the holiness of God. Very, very pure, very built full of the love and the holiness of God. After the father retrieved me from that worship, he said, have you made up your mind? And I was perplexed. I said, I don't know what to do. And I asked for his help. The father said, I will help you. And he instantly flashed a tapestry of my life in front of me. I saw the whole thing up to the moment of my death, which is still in the future. And I was right at the accident point there. I was 51 years old. And there I was. So I saw the first 18 years grayed out. Father said, that was before you were born again. Nothing that you do counts for eternity. But I saw this beautiful tapestry, but with black holes in it. I said, why are there black holes? And he said, that, my son, is when you are not obeying my will. And you are doing your own will, or you're deceived by Satan and doing his will. And I said, what, why does it look better after the accident? He said, because you have made a decision to more fully obey me. I, I know we read this in the scriptures, that we are to lay up treasures in heaven. But now I, ha- I can actually see this with my very own eyes. And I urge all of you, please, 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 do everything that you can to lay up treasures in heaven. And then Father spoke and he said Have you made up your mind now? And I turned to him and I said, there's something wrong here. You have given me the best of heaven. You have shown and demonstrated to me that you are 100% loved. And yet I haven't asked you how I can love you. I said, I need to do that. I need to love you. What would you want me to do? And at that instant, I knew inside. The father didn't even say a word. I knew instantly. He wanted me to come back, and he wanted me to share about him and about heaven and about hell with everyone. And he said, 
are you sure you want to go back? And I said, yes. I said, if I can hold your hand, I can get through anything. The father beamed when he said that. You have made a wise decision. Now, I want to say something to everyone listening. The best thing that we can do right now is to make sure that we're learning how to hold on to God the Father's hands. It's a rough world out there, and it's getting worse. And I know that all of us know this. I know some of us are being controlled by fear, and some of us have not made our hearts right before God. We need to stop. We need to realize that the gospel of the kingdom is getting yourself right with God and making a determination that you're going to walk on the same highway that the, all of the saints have tread on, described in Isaiah. It's called the highway of holiness. There isn't a single person that's going to make it to heaven without this holiness. And that's a term that's been strangely absent. Not too many people are talking about this, but it's a requirement for us to get into heaven and to actually see the face of the Lord Jesus Christ and the Heavenly Father. So if I can appeal to you, please come to know God the Father. Pray to the Lord Jesus Christ to take you to the Father. That was exactly why Jesus did come to the earth, was to reveal the Father and to make him known to us. Jesus said to Philip, have I been with you so long and you don't know the Father? That's exactly how much Jesus himself loved the Father. He became an identical image. And if we saw Jesus, we were looking at the Father. It, the Heavenly Father has been so incredibly gracious to me. The reason I'm talking to all of you this evening is because he personally snatched me out of hell right before I hit that lake of fire. I urge you, please find out what an incredible, awesome, caring, loving, generous, kind, and amazing person. And yes, he's holy, but he will help you if you ask him sincerely all of your heart. He'll cross heaven and earth to get to you. That is the kind of God we serve. I don't want to discourage you this evening. I just want you to know that I made a discovery of who the Heavenly Father really is. And I'm continuing to make that discovery every day. And I urge you, implore you, through Jesus Christ, please begin. Please don't delay. Please move forward with God. Please repent of your sins before him and decide that you want to have fellowship. I can assure you, you will not last even five seconds in that other place. I was there. I do know what I'm talking about. And that's a place fit for not a single human being. And Jesus himself said that. So that's my story this evening. I hope this encourages you, lifts you up. Thank you for allowing me 
to speak to all of you. Praise God. Wow. <clears throat> well, if you got me bawling my eyes out, then you... <laughs> You're doing a wonderful thing for the Lord. Oh, my gosh. Praise Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. You know what, folks? Let me just uh, just, just let me just throw this out there. We're all at different places in our walk, but we all have things that we have to change. We have to learn. We have to, you know, as it says in, uh, you know, 1 Corinthians 11, 28, 31, and 32, we have to be continuously examining ourselves. You know, we God will chasten us or give us many chances in a lot of cases. Um, those of us who are listen, regular listeners of this program, we are very, very blessed. We are very, very blessed. The people that are trapped in churchianity right now, many of them are in incredible danger. The opportunities that we are going to have placed in front of us to stand on holy ground and touch and change people's lives as the darkness continues to rise up, because it's going to be rising in tandem with the light of the bride of the Lord Jesus Christ. And we have an opportunity to serve God on a level that most people are not even scripturally familiar with, let alone at the ready and praying and seeking him. And I'm here to tell you, folks, for what it's worth. When you are compliant with the most important, bar none, bar none, the most important commandment of the entire Bible, all 31,102 verses, it is to love the Lord your God, your Father, with all your heart, your mind, and your soul. This is an obsession that is beyond comprehension. The best I can tell you is the, is the analogy that I've used in the past, and I don't think it does it justice. But it's when you were a young kid, probably 10, 11, 12, and you had yourself your first puppy love event. And, you went, and maybe if you're in my age group, you sat there with a little dial telephone on top of your chest, you know, talking to whoever this you know, little girl was that you thought you had this wonderful puppy love crush and, that, and you couldn't think about it. You, the next day, all you wanted to do was make her happy. You wanted to guess what color she wanted. You wanted to guess what kind, kind of flowers that, you, that, that maybe you should bring her. You wanted to make her so happy. And, I, and, and your, your obsession overwhelmed you in this world of puppy love. Now imagine to love the Lord your God, your heavenly Father, with all of your heart, all of your mind, all of your soul. How much that diminishes the analogy that I just gave you. To be that obsessed and to love him so much that you want to swim in his will, that you want to walk in his will, and when you step outside of his will, you, 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 you're crushed inside. You're, you're full of tears. You're overwhelmed with godly sorrow because you know that just maybe, even if you're unsure, maybe you were outside of his perfect will. And that is not, it, this is the place that we should all be praying for ourselves. Jesus said, don't listen to the people out there that say things like, well, I pray for everybody else and I never pray for myself because I'm here to tell you folks, Jesus said, physician, heal thyself. And if those three words do not echo throughout your soul, admonishing you to draw in closer to your father and to love him 
to make Jesus your first love. That level of intimacy makes you feel horrible when you are outside of his will because you love him that much. And that is where we all need to strive to be. And it doesn't happen automatically. Pray. Get on your knees. Let the water flow. Cry out to God and you tell him the truth. I don't love you the way that I should. Because if I did love you that much, I wouldn't do this and I wouldn't do that. Start out by telling your father that you want to fall in love with him and you ask for his help. And you mean it from the very bottom of your heart. And your walk will change. Your sanctification will accelerate. Your intimacy with Jesus will change. It will not make you perfect. You will still have to repent occasionally of, of dorking up and making mistakes. It's a constant cycle. We, we, we are never without sin. We are always in the midst of some type of sin, whether we know it or not. It is the continuous self-examination and continuous confession of sin when we dork up. And then our Father will forgive us. You know, again, I, I can sit here and quote Scripture, John, 1 John 1, 9. I can go into James. I, there's so many. God is merciful. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. But it all begins with love. And guess what? Just like it says in First Corinthians chapter, First uh, Corinthians uh, chapter thir- uh, thirteen, as Paul said, if if you do anything outside of love, it profits you nothing. You can give your body to be burned. You can give your entire 401k to a mission tri- a missionary group in uh, Somalia. It does not matter. If you do it for the reward, you get nothing. So if you don't start out with love, your entire walk with the Lord is for naught. And none of us want to go there. We are way too we are way too blessed to be where we are in our walk right now. None of us are perfect. It is a continuous self-examination, a continuous repentance, uh, and 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 it is a difficult walk. But to Randall's very apropos and incredibly anointed recommendation and admonishment, hold the hands of your father. Love him and realize how much he loves you. Make it intimate. Cry out to him. Get on your knees. When Jesus, look, what did Jesus do? Let's mimic him. It's no longer I who lives, but Christ who lives in me. That's who we are. And we have got to live that. Be it. Be it. It's not reading the Beatitudes. It's being the Beatitudes. We have to learn to be it, and that comes from us seeking God with all of our heart. We seek the Lord our God, and He makes us righteous. He makes us righteous. Praise His holy name. Wow, what a powerful testimony, Brother Randall. My gosh, uh, yeah, I was sitting here just listening to you talk and just, man, uh, crying my eyes out and thinking, I I just want to, it just, the whole thing just made me want to, 
you know, throw down. I mean, I was like taking notes going, okay, Johnny, you need to do this. You need to do this. You need to do this, you know, because there's always opportunities for us to improve in our walk with the Lord. And I'm always looking for it because I do love the Father. And I I feel terrible when I'm not, and I dork up. We all dork up. We got to stop dorking up. We got to stop dorking up. Praise God. Thank you, Randall. What a powerful, powerful testimony. It, it's it's going to have John, a lasting, lasting effect. Johnny, can I say one thing? Sure. Why did God purposely choose to go by the name Father? He could have chosen anything. He could have said infinite one, unknowable one, all power. No. He chose that name very specifically, Father, because he wants an incredible father-daughter or father-son relationship with us. God the Father personally told me, Randall, I know you didn't have a good dad, but I'm going to be your real dad, and I'm going to make up everything to you that you missed out on. I want to let everyone hearing my voice Find out who God the Father is. He will be the best dad you have ever had in all eternity. I want to say it that way. Thank you for giving me that opportunity, Johnny. Thank you. We have a a request from Sister Nancy. She's saying, would you be kind enough to take a little extra time and elaborate on how you were healed? How I was healed? Yeah, Sister Nancy says, ask him to elaborate on how he was healed. And she's typing to me right now. I I know she listened to your testimony, but I don't know what she's talking about. I'm waiting for her to... I'm waiting for her to elaborate on her elaboration. (laughs) Okay, wait a minute, wait a minute. Oh, from the accident after the accident, she says. Okay, I broke three ribs, about broke my back in half. I was extensive concussions and I had back spasms. So it took me about eight months of recovery to get over the effects of the accident. Uh, In regard to the healing from the sin, that is a process that God works if you are willing to repent, okay? God's not going to rush in there and jerk stuff out of your heart that you want to hold on to. So God is still working on areas of my heart. But I'm glad that he doesn't leave us an unfinished work. Can I put it that way? I hope that answers her question. Can I I ask you a question? This is something that I've felt in my heart. Yeah, I, I want to ask you a question, point blank, but I think I, I think you'll know where it's coming from. And yes, yes, all you listeners out there, I'm sitting here sniffing because I'm crying like a baby. But anyway, so the question I have for you is, and I felt this in my heart, and I've seen it work in my life, but there's no scripture to that comes right out and point blank states it. You know, it, it's just something I felt. For a long, long time, we all know we have things in our in our walk that are imperfect. 
we would all like to float around as light beings and be just like Jesus and be absolutely pure, you know, Titus one fifteen to the pure, all things are pure. But we know, because we're admonished scripturally speaking, again, I call forward one of the most obvious points in the scripture, which is 1 Corinthians 11, verse 28 and 31 and 32, uh, you know, where you know it basically said if we if we would judge ourselves we would not be judged but because we don't judge ourselves you know we are chastened by the lord so that we would not end up in the pit okay but that's only one small part of the walk but my, here's my question i don't want to get sidetracked so we're constantly examining ourselves we're we're you know we're constantly examining our hearts we're looking at how we feel about things we're hopefully if somebody hurts us we put that person at the very tippity top of our prayer list we pray fervently for them uh you know because that's the most efficient and wonderful and loving and kind way to keep yourself from uh you know uh, the sin of unforgiveness which is going to send you straight to hell so again my question is is when you really really do love the lord and you're struggling with a problem and i've talked to people on the air about this but this has been my own personal experience i'm not perfect i don't think any of us are and i don't i know the lord would want want us all to strive to be as holy and righteous but it's his holiness and righteousness. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. It is not us that is righteous. First John 3, 7 says, He who practices righteousness is righteous just as he, Jesus, is righteous. Okay, so we're in a constant battle every day. I mean, it, you know, and I wonder, here's my question to you. If God knows that you love him, and you're struggling with stuff do you think do you think he's going to let you let is it do you think he's going to let go of your hand at all or i mean you know wouldn't wouldn't he keep working with you and pulling you up and helping you through stuff wouldn't he keep working with you i mean what are your thoughts on that johnny that's a great question all of us struggle with sin we're aware of the verse that says God knows those who are his. Notice that it's not us to figure out each other person belongs to God or not. That's the Lord's job. But there's something here that Jesus said to Satan. I think it's very appropriate at the temptation. Satan said, if you're really the son of God, and I know you've been fasting for 40 days, and I know you're really hungry. Why don't you just change that stone into bread there? And that'll prove you're the son of God. Jesus made a response that was for all of us to, to hear. And he said this, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every spoken word out of the mouth of God. That spoken is rhema, means an active living word right now. Where I'm taking this, is that every day we're living before God, we will hear God speaking to us, giving us a rhema for the day. The important thing that we must do is we must guard our thought life. 
Absolutely. God looks at our thoughts as a sin. What happens afterward is the fruit of sin. But he's expecting us to walk in integrity. So I'm going to say it this way, that as the Lord is giving us our moment, Rhema, we are to guard what we hear because we are working out our salvation. God is telling us, this is what I want you to do for me now. Now, hold on to that. Hold on to your thoughts. Don't allow them to get pulled aside one direction or another. I honestly did not know uh, how important guarding our thought life is, but it is absolutely super important. And if we are to stay on this highway of holiness, we must guard our thoughts. You're absolutely right, Johnny. God makes us holy. We can't possibly make ourselves holy. But God, that's his job. All he's asking us to do is to stay in his holiness and not allow the evil one and his temptations and, yes, our flesh and the world to pull us off of that highway. Can I say it that way? Yes. So so he knows the determination in our heart. He knows the determination in our heart. Like I went through some really hard times. Uh, it, it's a really long story. We, I think all of us have. It's just part of the journey. Um, but, um, you know, I was going through a period of time where I just didn't feel I was where I needed to be with the Lord. Uh, I mean, don't get me wrong. I was on my knees praying my heart out every single day. It wasn't like that. There were just other things. But, but I felt, I don't know, I felt like I just knew in my heart that if I wouldn't give up and I would keep on seeking. I mean, there were times when I would get up from my prayer on my knees and I would say, I would literally stand at 4.30 a.m. In, in my bedroom and I would and I would look up into the at the ceiling up at the Lord and I would say, I am not giving up. I am not giving up. And I am coming. I'm coming to you. I love you. And I would say it out loud because, I, you know, even though I was struggling with some stuff in my head and some things that I was going through and, and I knew I wasn't in a perfect, you know, the, the perfect place that I want to be. And, and I think if we all dig deep enough in our own hearts, we know that we're not ever going to be pure and perfect without God and, and and his incredible forgiveness and mercy. But the point is, I really feel and have felt, now keep me right, keep me honest, Brother Randall, but I've always felt that God looks on our heart, and it's very, very important to him that we are very determined to make it. And when we're crying out to him and saying, Jesus, lift your hands down into that well. Help me crawl up out of this pit. I have slipped over the guardrail. I'm having some trouble with this thought or this problem or this issue or whatever. And you cry out to him and they know our Father and Jesus know how sincere you are. Now, don't expect a miracle. Don't expect an angel to show up in your room that night and go, ah, 
and all your problems are going to go away. It got, the Lord wants you to put forth an effort, you, you know, and, and, and but don't give up and keep seeking him and keep asking for help, because I really believe with all of my heart, he looks at your heart. He looks at that determination and that determination is a key attribute to eventually you, because remember, it says, the scripture says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. It doesn't say through Christ who does it for me. It is our challenge to fight the good fight, but it is not our expectation to do it alone. And I believe in my heart, at least has been the case with me to some degree, and I expect even more, all of you probably even more, to cry out to the Lord and help him to understand the determination that you have because you do love him. Johnny, I want to say three things here if I might jump in. First of all, God is looking for us to have a heart after God's own heart. David was such a man. God said, I finally found a man after my own heart. What is that man or woman? It's quite simple. God's looking for a person who's instant to repent, a person who's soft and tender toward God and wants to be stay close to him. God appreciates that kind of heart, and he wants us to be a man or woman after his heart. Number two, God is an incredibly good dad. He permits us to struggle because he's training us in discerning good and evil. We watch our kids get on a bicycle, they fall down, but we don't instantly go over there and stay right by their side after that point, they gradually learn how to do it themselves. It's the same way here. God is expecting us to pick ourselves up like you did and keep going forward. Now, he's got something very remarkable. This is my third point. He wants us in our struggles to overcome because he wants to see us in thrones of glory, just as Jesus Christ overcame and sat down on his throne. This is not a head trip here. God is actually allowing us to fight sin, to fight the devil in the world, because he's got the end in mind. And he wants to share his kingdom and his authority with us. And the degree that we overcome sin by the blood of the lamb and our own testimony so will the father appoint us a place in heaven that's what i want to say thank you that's awesome that was very very well said and exactly what i've been experiencing in my walk um and um what what an anointed program Thank you so much, Brother Randall. I I think your perspective and the way that you express it is anointed. It's filled with the Holy Spirit. Uh, It it gives the message that needs to be given because, because reality is reality. None of us are perfect, and especially when we get to the point, when we understand scriptures like 1 Peter 4, 7, if the righteous one is scarcely saved, where will the sinner and the ungodly be? 
those things weigh heavily on our heart and it's it's just it, you when you're highly sensitive like if if you if you know your scripture if you understand galatians 5:19 if you understand colossians chapter 3 if you understand first corinthians chapter 5 if you understand the things that jesus admonished us about by the way don't let the, don't let the devil in the church try to trick you into thinking that jesus was only talking to the jews because that's a lie from hell he was talking to every single one of us we, the middle wall of separation was broken down and made the jew and the gentile into one and and, and galatians takes it even further we are neither man nor woman jew or Gentile, we are all one in the body of Christ. Now, all that being said, this is a battle that we're all fighting, and I think, Brother Randall, you've done a fabulous job tonight, really anointed, helping us all understand that, that, and you're right, I've known that for an awful long time, for many, many years, over 10 years, I've known that this is a training ground for all of us. We are to overcome. It is a battle. There are going to be challenges and things, you know, there's going to be, I used to say, uh, watermelons in our bowling alley all the time, trials, tribulation, difficulties. And and tests, it's, the scripture says over and over, it says the Lord God tests the righteous. Hallelujah. And um and and what a what a just what a blessed, awesome, encouraging way to put and wrap it in your testimony and to put it to us tonight because I think it's just it's a healing thing for all of us to hear, to understand that you're not alone. It is a challenge, and God is there, determined to make sure that you make it, particularly if you love him. Tell him you love him. Even if you don't think you do quite yet, there is life and death in the power of the tongue. We don't live. It is Christ who lives in us, and that power through confession, through the making those statements and, and confessing to God, Father, I love you. Even in the book in Charles and Francis Hunter, How to Heal the Sick, they they at, in the beginning of their ministry they did they knew they didn't love the Lord as much as they needed to, and they Charles and Francis would wake up every morning and they would stand there together praying to God and telling Him, Father, we love you. 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 And you know what? Over time, they admitted in the first couple chapters of their book that they absolutely fell head over heels in love with the Father. Don't make the mistake of thinking that you're you're telling some sort of a fib when you are confessing forward with the power of Jesus in you that which you are hungry to be, to become, not just to, not just as a testimony, but to actually be it. And when you come to that place, it changes your walk dynamics. Praise God. Uh, and, um, and, and anyway, I, I don't even know what to say. What a powerful program. God bless you, Brother uh, Rathbun, for joining us tonight. I mean, wow, is all I can say. I just pray. I hope that when I change the title in a couple of days and I get the spelling of your last name and the title right, I hope it hits all the podcast apps again and, every, and a whole bunch of new people get to hear it because I think it's just an anointed program and your testimony is just so powerful. Thank you so much. You're very welcome, Johnny. Did you want to go ahead and close with a prayer for us tonight? Yes. Yes, I do. Awesome. Dear Heavenly Father, there are so many of us that don't even know who you are. My prayer, Father, is that they would just begin to call out to you and say, yeah, 
I need Jesus as my Savior. This is the only way I can get to you, Father, is through Jesus. But I really, really need to know you. Father, I pray for those who didn't have a good dad. And I pray that they'd make the most wonderful discovery of you, finding out that fatherhood comes from you. You're the perfect dad. You don't make one mistake. You affirm us. You know our identity. You give us unbelievable security. You give us peace in our heart right in the middle when everything's going wrong. We can have perfect peace because we know that we're your son or we're your daughter. And we're a daughter and son of the king. And we're not going to fail. You put us on the solid rock of Jesus Christ. And all hell cannot even break a single stone off that rock. Father, I pray that people would discover that you only want one thing. And you just want fellowship. And you want pure, honest, truthful love from us. And you even... Had Jesus come when we were sinners and hated you, we ask, Father, that people would see the love and that they would come to saving faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you, Father, for hearing this prayer through the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen and amen. And we'll make that a third amen. Amen. Praise God. Thank you, Brother Randall, so much. And sorry, I have a stuffy nose because I was crying as he was praying. But anyway, God bless you all for joining us tonight. I hope that this has a deep, 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 deep meaning to you as it did to me. Uh, you know, folks, we, we got we're lucky to be alive. We're all very, very fortunate and blessed to be alive. We know the thoughts that our Father thinks about us, not thoughts of evil, but thoughts of good to bring us to an expected end. Let's count on it. Reach out to him. Seek him. Fall in love with him. Fall in love with Jesus. Make him your first love. Sing songs to him in the morning before you even start your prayer time. Pray for the hurt, the lost. Give until it hurts. Touch people's lives. We've got opportunities before us, but it's all got to come out of love. And just and that comes from sincere prayer. God bless you all. Thank you for joining us tonight. It is Sunday, January the 22nd. We will see you Wednesday at 7 p.m., Lord willing. Thank you, Brother Randall. God bless you. Powerful program. Hallelujah.